Welcome to the App Proficiency Podcast, presented by NerdJam.net. Whether you're a new player or veteran dungeon master, we're here to help you add depth to your game. Today on Ad Proficiency, we're doing a deep dive look at the Wisdom Skills. I feel that, more so than the other skills, the Wisdom Skills have a lot of hidden depth to them that a new player is unlikely to catch at first glance. This has a lot to do with these skills being named with vague words that have broad applications. We're here to clarify these skills for new players and add dimension to them for the pros. So we'll go ahead and start with animal handling. What do you think of animal handling? It's a very nice skill. You can use it quite broadly. There's a ton of applications beyond just your normal everyday mount handling. There really are. I want to make a note that for players, with as much that a DM has to consider, weaving animals into the game on the fly might be an afterthought. Asking your DM if there are animals in your immediate area can help generate that content for you. Have a conversation with your DM to see how they would adjudicate animal handling. A harsh DM might say that you can't issue a command to an untrained animal, even with a high roll. But what if you reflavor it and are warging like Brandon Stark from Game of Thrones, and your animal handling role instead represents an ability to link up with a creature? Are not more complex exchanges of information possible then? For DMs, you can sell a player short by not taking the animal encounter seriously enough or being too limiting in your ruling. It can run like a social encounter if the player has the numbers to back up their fairly reasonable requests. The player may have an idea of how to utilize an animal that you haven't thought of, and if a player invests in animal handling, it means they didn't invest in something else, and the DM owes it to that player to make that investment meaningful. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into combat. How would you use animal handling in combat? Well, a really fun way is to try and scare or spook them out of a charging paladin. Okay, um, yeah, calming and frightening an animal, uh, especially the mounts of opponents. Oh, yeah. You can try and use some bait to lure some wild animals, let's say wolves, a pack of wolves, onto an enemy that you're trying to ambush discreetly and or distract while you swipe their things. Okay, so like bringing animals into a combat scenario. I like that a lot, especially if it's sort of generating that. Maybe you make the sound of like a wounded animal and just see if there's a bear around that's going to come like charging through the bush. And if you're dealing with like a bunch of guardsmen or something, they may not see that coming. Yeah, how about you, buddy? Anything really funny like to do in combat with animal handling? I've got a few things here. Uh, kind of working off of what you said with bringing animals in, I've got that you can trick an animal's senses. So while you talked about like bringing animals off of the battlefield into the battlefield, you could also trick animals with like the sense of blood or urine or the smells of other animals, uh, predators, or the sounds of injury, mating, or hunting. You could intuit an animal's intentions, sort of see what they're looking at and who they're targeting, that sort of thing. I, I've got kind of a niche one. There's a specific anti-venom for specific snake venoms. So if you have a DM who's willing to work with you on this, you could say that a rare snake would mean a rare anti-venom. And while you might not use this in a face-to-face fight, you could send your black mamba through a window at night and have them return to you. So avoiding combat? Um, yeah, in a sense of avoiding combat, it, it has some sort of like offensive application. Yeah. But yeah, in a way, this could be used both in and outside of combat. I probably wouldn't recommend this in combat because your snake would get killed and instantly. Some actual animal commands. You can command an animal to stay in a location and guard it against intruders, to mark a target for tracking or keep an eye out for any hasty movements, to disengage from a target, recognize a new pack leader, climb, follow, track, hide, prowl or be quiet. Or like in the case of certain birds, they could emit calls based on what they can see. So like if they see a resource, they emit one call, or if they see travelers up ahead, they make another call. The villain of Mulan, I'm kicking myself for 
for forgetting his name, had a falcon who would scout for him and sort of return to him and fill him in on information like that. And that's I a remember. very powerful tool. I believe he also retrieves a helmet or something of that, like at one point. So can birds retrieve items for you? Maybe that would be, yeah, there you go. That's a great application. So like your animal companion actually goes out and finds something and brings it back to you. Oh, he finds a doll. That's right. He brings back a a little girl's doll. That's right. You're right. And and that's how he knows there's a village nearby. So let's go ahead and get into mobility. How, How would you use animal handling for mobility? Well, you can definitely use animal handling to command mounts to do what you need them to do. Ride someone down or just to even go faster than they normally would. Definitely. Or breaking your own wild mount for that matter. Acquiring a mount for yourself or for your party members. I've also got that you can have animals deliver messages to organize travel for yourself. They could track a group that has already passed through. Uh, So in that sense, they orient you and give you a direction to move in because you're following someone. And then animals can chew through ropes. Maybe if you're a rogue, you have a pet rat that sort of gnaws through ropes for you to help get you out of there. In that sense, it sort of grants you mobility because it's kind of freeing you. (laughs) Instant lockpick, but Mm -hmm. for ropes. Definitely. So so let's talk about utility. How do you use animal handling for utility? I feel like a lot of the skills oomph comes in the form of its utility. Oh yeah, that'll let you interact with animals in special ways and maybe befriend some wild animals. That's a little bit difficult depending on the animal itself. Mm -hmm. And you know, for that matter, I know that having an animal companion is the beast master ranger's whole thing, but a lot of the utility of this skill is wrapped up in the form of having a companion that you can teach tricks to Uh, and interact with. Would those same rules apply to animal familiars? I I think essentially that's what it would be. So like maybe your companion doesn't like fight beside you in combat like a Beastmaster Ranger's companion does, but you can teach it a variety of like utility tricks. In that sense, there is some niche protection for the rangers. Okay. Let's get into some tricks. What what tricks can we train animals to do? I believe we can have certain birds peat speech for you. That's correct. In D&D, parrots and ravens can imitate voices they've heard, allowing you to practice the voices of anyone they've spied on. If you're an assassin or have the actor feet, you can utilize this. Especially if you're a mask of many faces warlock, you can steal the face with that voice, because you only need to listen for a minute. Oh wow, that's a really short time. Yeah, it's a really short time. Uh, For that matter, ravens and hawks can be trained to deliver messages. Being able to communicate with other towns, being able to have little side projects that you can operate, maybe without the party knowing, that gives you a lot of really interesting narrative power that you can work with your DM on. Just kind of hope your other party members don't notice the birds coming to to you all the time. Coming and going. Or maybe they do, and you just don't show them what's, what's in those little scrolls that are strapped to the bird's leg. Absolutely. Vultures can circle dead creatures and can smell carrion from over a mile away. Great for finding lost corpses. Snakes, as we mentioned before, have a venomous bite. And note that the antitoxin costs 50 gold in the player's handbook. That's a lot. And and note that that's not an anti-venom, that's just an antitoxin for general poisons. How your DM rules that may be a little more specific. If you guys are running with equipment rules, a ram or donkey can carry equipment for you. Small monkeys can be trained to perform and pickpocket people. And as we know, gorillas can be trained to speak sign language. 
So in addition to that, I would note for utility that when it comes to bee speech or just particularly charisma checks when it comes to dealing with animals, I use animal handling to sort of cover all of the insight and charisma skills because that's what handling implies to me. Like it's such a broad term animal handling, like person handling is divvied up between four different charisma skills, right? Yeah. So we're kind of cramming a lot under the term handling here. Any other utility functions for the animal handling skill? That was pretty, we covered a lot. Yeah, we did. I feel like that was a nice broad topic. Okay, word. Let's go ahead and jump into role play opportunities. What are some role play opportunities for someone who's good with animal handling? What kind of jobs could they find for themselves? Well, you can use that to treat any local injured animals that happen to be there, horses, that kind of thing. Right, and especially in like a medieval setting, there's bound to be like stables somewhere, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people needing to travel, start a business, or build an army are going to need horses or livestock. And they might not have a good eye for which ones to buy or how much feed they need for their journey. Or how to make sure they don't lose their animals to bandits, foul weather, or sickness. Think like Oregon Trail. And a lot of animals go unnoticed in environments. Unless they don't, if you're walking around with an unusual animal, that might be a little bit different. So that sneaky advisor might not notice your raven listening in on his conversation outside his window. But the dancing monkey you have performing is doing a great job drawing everyone's attention while you rob a nearby stall. So you can sort of create these narrative opportunities for yourself. What are what are some narrative implications of having a high animal handling skill? How did you meet these animals? Well, you know, you could just be the very highly empathic person, just super kind, caring. You're Disney princess style character. Mm-hmm. Maybe you like kind of grew up out in the wild too. And maybe you're more comfortable with animals than you are with people. How common is it to witness someone who is able to dominate or control animals? Even in our own setting in real life, there is a certain sort of divinity associated with people to whom animals flock to or imagery where people are portrayed with like birds lighting on their arms or surrounded by animals. Oh, kind of like Steve Irwin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly like Steve Irwin. And for that matter, is your experience with animals reflected in your appearance? Do you have like scars or poisoned flesh, uh, bone or tooth jewelry? I think I think Steve Irwin, or maybe I'm thinking of Crocodile Dundee that has like the big like tooth necklace. That's Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. So like maybe it's like a trophy of like an animal you killed or uh, some kind of weapon. Uh, and you can tie this to your backstory and it becomes like a flavorful thing that other players can ask you about. Or NPCs can engage you with. It gives your DM hooks for engaging with you. Maybe you look a little out there. Or like maybe you have a culture in which your experience is tied to animals. There's a tribe that weaves together these baskets of bullet ants or their coming of age ceremony and they wear these baskets on their hands and then dance and the poison turns their hands black and the pain is excruciating and then the women in the tribe like dance with them to sort of help them through this process and their dance partners are often their future wives and there's a history check relating to performance for you but basically you could say like in in this sense it is your culture that is causing you to have these connections to animals. It's like those Mongolian golden eagle hunters who like live up on the cliffs and they they bond with this giant golden eagle who's this fierce predator and they hunt together with this creature. Let's go ahead and jump into reflavoring. How would you reflavor animal handling to be something other than just a trainer training an animal? Maybe you have psychic control over these animals. Okay. a mental bond. Right. So, like, maybe we're doing the Bran Stark, like, warging thing yeah. from, like, Game of Thrones. 
the whole How to Train Your Dragon series was kind of a series about a character who uses animal handling. And the villain in the second movie is sort of this alpha character who makes all of the animals submit to him and controls them that way. In the third one, the villain uses venom or drugs, I guess, to control these specific dragons Yeah, exactly. So you get that like chemical control flavor, which is great if you want to play someone who's like maybe not a very good with animals kind of person, but you still have a lot of interaction with them. You could put a technological flavor on it and say like maybe it's a sort of like input device where like they understand what I'm trying to tell them. Maybe the animal handling role represents your ability to like come across or the functionality of that device, something like that. Any final thoughts on animal handling? It's very versatile still when used in the right game and the right setting and uh, even just not for rangers. Definitely not. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that it is. A lot of animal handling's oomph comes from the training utility, but it's very open-ended and it may not occur to players to even use the skills utility this way. It's very DM permission dependent and it, it depends a lot on the player's creativity to really squeeze the juice out of the skill. But that being said, who's to say you can't be an Ace Ventura or Radagast and have several animal companions? Maybe they don't fight like a ranger's pet, but when it comes to poisonous snake assassinations in the middle of the night, long distance raven communication, or rats that help you escape, stacking animal handling utility is potentially quite potent. So with that, Let's go ahead and move on into the insight skill. Uh, How would you describe insight? I would say insight is uh, your social awareness, how you are with what's going on around you, maybe even determining if someone's lying to you, that kind of thing. Social awareness. Uh, it's, It's very niche. Where would you say is the line between using a perception check to look at somebody and using an insight check to look at somebody? So a perception check would be something like, oh, hey, does this person have a weapon? You know, does this person wearing armor? Like, what kind of armor are they wearing? Maybe even listening to their voice. But insight would be like, okay, does this person look like they're about to fight? Do they seem agitated? Are they trying to be slick? What are are their intentions? What's their emotional state? That sort of thing. So we're talking about details about the perceived creature's mood and intentions uh, beyond just a physical description. Yes. Okay. So that being said, how would you use insight in combat? Well, I might see if something like another opponent, a human opponent rather, is trying to kill me or maybe trying to stun or wound me just to get me out of combat. Maybe they don't want you dead. They just want you out of the way. Or maybe they just want you distracted for a little bit. Okay, so if you suspect that, like, maybe you're not being dealt lethal blows for some reason, something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, determining a creature's intentions, definitely. What are they looking at? What are they trying to do? Uh, what would demoralize these enemies? Have they been on, you know, have, have these soldiers been on a march for months and months? You know, what would... Uh, what would they do if their food supply something went bad? That sort of question. Um, if I had a player who was thinking about it sort of like from a martial arts standpoint, they were like saying uh, maybe uh, every every few attacks, is this guy sort of, is there a pattern to his his guard? Does he drop his guard when he throws, like when he makes an attack, something like this? Can I make an insight check to 
see if I can gleam some sort of advantage from the information I can see this person. And then using that information from the insight check, make a ready to action. Right. The information you can gleam from that person. Yeah. And and make a ready to action. You can honestly use it to determine like a certain style of fighting and that'll determine openings, that kind of thing for a character. Yeah. I can see that a lot. Like if you're maybe fighting uh, a fighter who has a certain fighting style and you maybe are also trained in like a fighting style i can see how someone would say like well i would like to make an insight check to negate this fighting style uh, to anticipate like his his shield being used in this way or anticipate like the the method the, the style that i'm going to be attacked in next absolutely how would you use insight for mobility well, that can get you into a noble's carriage if you figure out what that noble needs at this moment. Okay, so so leverage. Finding out what people want gives you an objective to fulfill and leverage for getting what you need. Uh, so in this sense, it sort of orients you as well. It, it sort of tells you what you need to do next. And that leverage can get you horses, like you said. It can get you carriage rides with the noble, passage aboard ships housing or other favors so any other ways that you would use insight for mobility for getting around i don't know it's kind of that thing that about covers it okay okay then let's go ahead and move on into the utility of this skill so what sort of questions should you be asking your dm here is this person telling me the truth um are they hiding something Mm -hmm. that kind of thing like that's one of the biggest ones am i being lied to is this is this person bullshitting me uh looking at this person like what sort of lifestyle is this person accustomed to how far would a bribe get me what does this person likely want if if you're in their room like looking about their office or their home or their bedroom what would someone in their position be after do i notice any particular tension or tells on the faces of guardsmen as i casually mention the poisoning if your dm ever just mentions like hey this, this guy's eye twitches or something like that. Go ahead and roll an insight check. That's there for the perceptive player to say like, ooh, what is that? What, what's going on there? And based on what I know about this local gang, would this be something they'd be interested in? What is this group after? Determining motives or fears or desires gives you something to work with or pursue. And it gives you a way to engage with that character in the game as well, which sort of makes this whole game like a a bigger more real thing for everybody um i i love this skill because it's great for the sort of game in which you need to determine who you can trust and who you can't this is a very powerful social skill uh and it's kind of interesting because it lies in wisdom instead of charisma this is more about your ability to read other people and in fact your insight skill is often what you're going to be rolling against other deception checks with Uh, or persuasion checks, people trying to bullshit you into something. Some other little fun DM thing is sometimes your players are going to be suspicious of you, no matter what you do. So if they decide to make an insight check and your character is telling the truth, sometimes they won't even accept that, no matter how good a role they do. And it leads to some funny situations. Some people trying to extort information in ways that they don't necessarily need to. Mm -hmm. 
And I'll point out that for me, insight, in addition to social perception, sort of implies insightful judgment. So I will use, I will call for an insight check if there are clues that maybe the character would pick up on, but the player, maybe because like it's been a week since we played last, but you know, for the character, it's only been an hour since they've seen this thing. If there are, if there are dots that could be connected by information that the character has been exposed to, I'll say, make me an insight check to see if you if you put this together. And that, I do that because I feel like it sort of helps the players for one thing. And for another, I feel like that's the sort of connections that an insightful character would make. Uh, which is actually why, for memory, I will use an insight check to recall a face of someone they met earlier that day, whereas I'll ask for a wisdom check to recall older details. Um, I do this for the math mostly, and like I said, because I feel like an insightful character would catch those details. Uh, so how would you use this for role play? Well, I mean, we've already kind of, I guess, talked about that a little bit. I would, it helps make sure someone's not lying to you or lets you tell someone's emotional state. And really, if they need help with something, if they seem nervous, anything like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like even just using this skill frequently sort of implies something about your character that you're constantly like searching the faces of of people you're meeting and interacting with how how does someone with a powerful intuition like this fit into the workforce what sort of jobs would you take i guess for insight that would be an inquisitor you know maybe someone trying to get the facts out of someone mm -hmm. an interrogator absolutely uh, or or you'd be the spy you know getting interrogated information brokers lawmen smugglers People involved in dangerous work where falsehoods could be the difference between life and death. What what sort of implications does having such a high skill, what is life like for someone who can gleam so much information from people like? What kind of personality would you have? Would you be like a manipulative Machiavellian person because you can read people so well? Or maybe you would be like a self-assured type who really doesn't trust anybody because you've just grown up like catching bullshit from people all your life. Possibly you're the uh, sagely type that will share little nuggets of wisdom with everyone else that may need it, may need it depending on their situation. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you are playing D&D &D and you're trying to find a way to take advantage of your high insight, bet on races and fights, bet on gambling. Uh, well, gambling in the sense of like reading cards and that sort of thing. Don't, don't gamble too much, you know, uh, networking, connecting people, figuring out who needs what, and just putting those together. By uh, the way, we're talking about fantasy gambling. Uh, nerd jam does not endorse gambling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we are for gambling actually. Oh, wait, oh yeah, <laughs> we wait. might be, we might be. Oh yeah. We might uh, play poker on the line. Working. Working for criminal organizations. I can cut all that out. Uh, no, it's fine, man. That's that's flavor. <laughs> uh, what are what are some ways you might reflavor insight? Well, uh, maybe you're uh, psychic and you can read literally read people's minds to the or their emotions rather. Okay, so it's not just like reading the details of the face. You're actually like empathic. Yeah. Um, maybe you possess like knowledge that comes to you, you know, via alien thoughts um that are just sort of like gutturally whispered into your mind um a hormone radar feeds you emotional data of the person you're looking at maybe and that sort of gives you a sense of like maybe when they're lying because they their heart rate suddenly jumps up a little bit uh, anything else you want to add to this any final thoughts on insight um i feel like insight like i said is uh 
just being aware of anything going on in uh, a social situation and really just being able to glean Mm -hmm. anyone's emotional state is a useful tool. This is an extremely powerful social and narrative tool. This tells you which side of the fight to be on. Join us next time on Ad Proficiency when we cover part two of the Wisdom Skills Deep Dive, taking a look at medicine, perception, and survival.